0: That's the Blind Boys of Alabama. The Blind Boys of Alabama. Great God Almighty! Let me tell you what he said. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go tell that midnight rider. Tell the gambler, the rambler, the backbiter. Tell him God Almighty is going to cut him down. Okay, we're going to end up back there. We're going to cover the commandments of God's word over how we speak. This is in no particular order, but I thought, you know, we're gonna find a way to make them 10, so it's 10 Commandments, pray for me on that, we're working on it, but uh, I I think tonight we'll start with a prohibition regarding our communication with one another, but we wanna start with an easy one, uh, something that's easy for us to all agree over. over. Um, It's not an easy one for me, the Bible says so much about this topic, it was tough to just pare it down into something that would fit tonight. But commandment number one, thou shalt not lie. That's the first commandment of communication. Thou shalt not lie. If you don't have a handout, you wanna get a handout, none of the verses will be on the screen. Uh, They're all in the the notes, and so you can get that digitally on tonight's YouTube link. But uh, make sure in this series you get the handout so you can follow along more easily. Thou shalt not lie. Uh, That's why I put the quote from George Burns So many people don't take this one seriously. Psalms 116 verse 10 says, I believe therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste all men are liars. Now the old joke is that there are so many liars in this world and the lying is so bad that the psalmist didn't have to get into, you know he didn't have to get in a hurry. He could have just slowed down and took his time calling all men liars. So tonight, I just want to invite you to just look around the room. The psalmist said, all men are liars. Just look, look around the room. Feast your eyes, what do you see? Beautiful people, right? Just beautiful, beautiful people. Okay, how many tonight you can say, yeah, in my life, I've told a tall tale or two. I've, I've told a lie, can, can I see your hands? I see some of us are struggling right now. <laughs> Lying and our lips aren't even moving. Everyone has lied at some point. Everyone has told some untruth. That makes you and the people next to you what? What the whole church say, yeah, man. Liars lie, that's what they do. Everyone has lied at some point. So we know we don't want lying in our lives, so let's get down to it. Here, let's talk about the problems with lying, the problems of lying. First of all, I wanna just mention there's, a, there's an actual physical problem with lying. Get this down in your notes. Lying actually changes you it changes you, it, it, it actually messes up your brain. It'll mess up your brain. You say, what are you talking about, Miles? Okay, well there was a study in 2016 that showed that lying actually alters people's brains. When people lie, the amygdala, that's the part of your brain that produces fear and anxiety response. Something's wrong, something needs to change. Uh, it, it, it fires improperly. And so here's what they found. If people don't face consequences for lying and they keep on lying, if they get away with it, then their lies grow. It it actually physically becomes, you know, that first time that you lied, you're like, your ears turned red, your face turned red, and you didn't hide it very well. Some people, they do it so much, they get so good at it, it's actually easier to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth. So the lies become bigger, they become more sensational. More sensational. Here's just a few notes from the abstract of the study. Uh, they titled it, The Brain Adapts to Dishonesty. And so they're saying with this study, they're showing empirical evidence for gradual escalation of self-serving dishonesty. They're revealing that there's a neural mechanism that supports it. They said behaviorally, we show that the extent to which participants engage in self-serving dishonesty, uh, it increases with repetition. They used MRI imaging and they saw a signal reduction in the amygdala, in the amygdala that's sensitive uh, to the history of dishonest behavior. This is consistent with at, with adaptation. They said the extent of reduced amygdala. Uh, amygdala sensitivity to dishonesty, on a present decision relative to the previous one predicts the magnitude of escalation of self-serving dishonesty in the next decision. In other words, what they're saying is, there's actually, they found a biological mechanism that supports a slippery slope. What begins with small acts of dishonesty can escalate into larger transgressions. In other other words, what they're saying is, the first time you lied, your brain had a tough time with it. But you forced it anyway. And if you don't correct that, well then the next time that you lie, it gets a little bit easier, it gets a little bit easier, you get a little bit better at it, you get a little bit better at it, and pretty soon, you know what you are? You're just a lying liar that lies all the time. Uh, You got brain damage. I mean, hello, can you say brain damage? Take care of your noodle, bro. You can make it easy for yourself to lie. Uh, for all the international students, noodle is an old English slang word for brain, for your head, that's your noodle. The education at MBT, it's just, it just abounds, it's glorious. Okay, so that's the, that's the physical problem with lying, but tonight, that's not what we came here to study. Don't miss the biblical stance on lying. Don't miss what the Bible says about lying. And so there's, we can't exhaust it. There's too much to cover. We have such a short time, but, but um, let's, let's see how far we get here. Number one, lies do not stand the test of time. That's what the Bible says about lying. Proverbs 12:19 says, the lip of truth shall be established forever but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Now think about that. The lying tongue is but for a moment. But for a moment, why? Well because a lie is not the truth. See, truth stands. Truth stands the test of time. God's word is truth. Didn't Jesus say that? Thy word is truth. What about the word of God? Heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or one tittle of God's word will pass away. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the truth stands. Eyes, uh, you know, lies do not stand. With a lie, right, when you tell a falsehood, you're actually now wrong because what you're saying is not true. So not only are you a liar, you're wrong. More than that, you're on the wrong side of truth So you're wrong, you're not right, and you're on the wrong side of God. God stands with truth, and now you're standing in opposition of God because you're telling something, you're saying something that is false. Psalms 146 verse five says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that therein is. And then what does God do? His hope is in the Lord his God, which keepeth truth forever. God does not hold on to anybody's lies. He's holding to the truth. Okay, so lies don't stand the te- test of time. Uh, you're, you know, if you're, if you're telling lies, they will actually come to nothing I mean, on the way to nothing, they'll end up destroying your life because not only do they not stand the test of time, on top of that, when you inevitably get caught in a lie, get this down in your notes, when you do get caught in a lie, it will undermine your relationships. So you have a friendship relationship, a marital relationship, a, a work relationship, and in that relationship, you tell a lie, you tell another lie, pretty soon people are gonna think that what you say is not true, it's not trustworthy. It undermines your relationships, and here's why. You cannot trust a liar, everybody knows that. You can't trust a liar, you can't trust a word that comes out of their mouth. So don't miss this, lying has severe, real consequences. Say, oh, it's a little lie, it doesn't hurt anyone. Well, when it comes out that you're lying, nobody will trust anything you say. You know the story about the little boy who cried wolf? (laughs) What happened at the end of that story? Well, the wolf got him because nobody was willing to come to to a liar's rescue. Lying has consequences. It'll change how people relate to you moving forward in that relationship. Whenever they've got your number, Uh, you'll tell a lie just as easily as you'll tell the truth. They're calculating, they're thinking about that in terms of assessing what you say. It costs you in your relationship. Let me put it another way. If you keep lying, then people eventually figure out that you're a liar. You know the guy, he's always throwing his right hand up and swearing, if I'm lying, I'm dying. And then he tells some whopper of a tale you know, that guy that's just, if I'm lying, I'm dying. And He's just telling whoppers, one whopper after another. Anytime he does that, anytime he swears to God, he's not lying, take five steps back. I'm a ninja. Okay, just take five steps back because you don't want to get struck by lightning. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. So lies don't stand the test of time. Next, Think about who you really are as a child of God. Okay, don't, don't miss this. Lies do not look good on royalty. Let me put it another way. Lying is not becoming of a child of God. Lies do not look good on royalty. No child of the king of kings should be a liar. Proverbs 17, seven says, excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. Bro, sis, that's you. If you're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you are royalty. You are a child of the living God and you should conduct yourself as such. You represent God himself on earth. You're an ambassador for Christ. That means you don't get to do what you want to do. You don't get to dress like you want to dress. You don't get to act like you want to act and you don't get to say what you want to say in the flesh. You represent Jesus himself. No child of the king should be lying their tail off. There's no place for it. Proverbs 19:22 says the desire of a man is his kindness and a poor man, a poor man is better than a liar. Man, hello somebody, that's the truth. A poor man is better than a liar. Now this, you know, as a child of God, lying, man, this is an area that we need to be very careful. Get this down in your notes because I don't know if you know this or not, but you can lie about yourself. You can lie about yourself. And the Bible gives you ways that that is true. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Oh, I'm not sinning, I'm, I'm I, man, there's no sin in me. I'm deceiving myself and I'm calling God a liar because God says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Chapter two, verse three, hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right, if we keep his truth. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments. Here it is again, he's a liar. The truth is not in him. So that's a pretty simple, obviously a really clear way that we could lie about ourselves. Let me tell you what it looks like most of the time um, with, with believers. Though it's, it's the inverse of what we just talked about. Oh, I'm not a sinner, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, the inverse would be, let me give you an example. Something along the lines, what you're saying, what you're communicating is, I am a, I'm just a worthless piece of trash. I'll never be able to follow God. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I almost rebuked Xander. What did he, Xander, what did you call yourself? Where's Xander? What did you call yourself, D-team, E-team? Bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no. Man, mighty man of God, child of God. Going to serve the Lord in Kenya. Man, praise the Lord. Oh, I, you know, I'm a worthless piece of trash. I'll never amount to anything. I'm a nobody. I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? I mean, they're just, it's just, it's this thing like there's something wrong with me and I'll never be worth it, I'll always be worthless. Let me tell you something, those are lies that we tell ourselves to excuse our unbiblical thinking and behavior. I can't just do right by the word of God. I can't submit to the word of God. I can't follow in faith, well, because I suck. No, 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 you're, you're making yourself out to be a victim versus a sinner, right? You're making yourself out to be some victim, some tragic victim of the circumstances of your lackluster existence And you're using that to excuse the fact that you're refusing faith and you're just wallowing in defeat. People make themselves out to be victims instead of truthfully admitting, right? Confessing their unrepentant behavior. Can I just tell you something? You matter so much to God, He died for you. You are a stinking big deal to Almighty God. Whenever I was a young man, uh, I was in college. My last year of school was miserable. I was in an engineering program and, and uh, I didn't know it, but, but I'd conducted, uh, I had uh, contracted rather, I'd contracted uh, a, a virus, uh, a form of mono called Epstein-Barr. And at that time they called it sleeping, uh, sleeping sickness or uh, killer mono. I think a few people out in California died from it, and so they were calling it killer mono. And all I know is, is I couldn't stay awake, and I was wasting away. Uh, I was losing muscle mass. I, I, I mean, I just could not sleep enough. I, in the, you know, I worked at UPS loading boxes at night, and I went to school during the day. And, and uh, I'd, I'd have the in the winter, I'd have the windows down on my car just to try to stay awake. I'd have to, I'd have to pace my room to study. There was so much of my senior uh, year of, of college that, that just kind of went over my head. I would cram it in, I'd go to the school, I'd get my A, and, and I just couldn't retain it. And uh, my mom's like, I think I'm watching you die. And so, so uh, they got me on some heavy duty, I guess it's antibiotics is what they treat for that, right? Some kind of heavy duty antibiotic, Chris? Antiviral. It's an antiviral, okay. So some heavy duty medicine, it came in glass vials and I had to take them for so many days and, and I, I recovered. And three months later I'm coming back for my follow up and the, and the doctor said, um, he, he said uh, I'm gonna prescribe you some antidepressant, uh, antidepressants, back then it was, um, what did they prescribe back then? It started with a, Prozac. Prozac, yeah Prozac. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a prescription for Prozac. I'm like what's this for? He goes, well, because you're going to be depressed for the rest of your life. Um, and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, this virus actually, I hate to break it to you, but it actually does brain damage. He said, you're, you're, you're actually not going to be able to process and think correctly uh, for most of your adult life. He said, we don't know why, but when people get into older age, by the time you're in your late 50s, early 60s, you'll probably outgrow it and you'll be fine. Well, I was already mad at him because he said, he said, uh, how many times a week are you having intercourse? And I'm like, none. He's like, no, I mean, I'm your doctor. How many times a week are you having intercourse? You're in college, right? Yeah. How many times a week are you having intercourse? I'm like, none. He's like, he got mad at me. He's like, he cussed me a little bit. He says, don't lie to me. I'm your doctor. I can't help you if you lie to me. And I'm like, I think I can take you. Like he's calling me a liar. <laughs> and uh, and I, so I, I, I preached the gospel to him. I explained I'm a born-again Christian and I'm waiting until marriage. Uh, I will be a virgin on my wedding night, so help me God by his grace. I will be a virgin on my wedding night. Uh, praise the Lord. Testify. <laughs> so, so he didn't believe me. And so he was handing me this He's handing me this prescription for Prozac and I just took it and I handed it right back to him. I I think we're done here. And I fired my doctor. <laughs> you know what? He was right. Uh, I would have, it was, a, it was just a few years later, okay? Just a few years later, now I'm married. I'm making money, I've got a job. I'm plugged into my local church. I'm learning the word of God for myself. Like everything's heading the right direction. Praise the Lord. I I mean, I've I've got such a good life. And it was like there was this cloud over me and all I wanted to do was sleep. It took me several several weeks of going through this before I realized, oh my goodness, I'm depressed. That jerk was right. (laughs) And the way that I felt was like I was a worthless piece of trash and that I would never amount to anything in my life, that I'd never be worth anything to anybody. Why was I even living? That's what I was feeling like. And uh, man, I gotta just tell you, I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord for his truth, for his word. To be able to reckon biblically what is true saved my life. To be able to look at that and say, okay, what am I feeling, why am I feeling it? These are all biblically, these are all lies. These are satanic lies out of the pit of hell. God does love me. So much that Christ Himself, He bore my sin at Calvary. He died for my sin and He rose to me, my Savior. God adopted me into His family. I was born again as a child of God. He made me His own. And look at the promises, look at the blessings that His word declares over my life. Man, I am blessed. I am rejoicing, in other words, I began to agree with the Bible about what it said was true over my life versus what I was feeling through some, whatever it was, some biochemical, brain mechanical, you know, some dysfunction. I was able to reckon what was true biblically, and can I just tell you something? My entire adult life, I have been one of the happiest, perso- I've been one of the happiest people that I know I have enjoyed great contentment in Christ. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, this book is real. It is the very word of God. Now, if you're here tonight and you're on some antidepressant, if you go out of here tonight and you flush those down the toilet, you're an idiot because you don't make changes without medical supervision. Hello, somebody, don't do that. If you want to get off antidepressants, make sure you're working with your doctor to accomplish that. Amen. We're all agreed, okay? What happens is people, oh man, I'm going to believe, but that's what I'm going to do. Then they flush their antidepressants down the toilet, and they go cold turkey, and then everybody wonders why'd they go crazy. I mean, they just flipped out. Don't do that. Stay under medical supervision. Don't make yourself out to be a victim. Agree with the word of God, agree with truth. Because this type of thinking is dangerous. Check out Romans chapter one. Here you got people that refuse the truth of God and look what happens to them. Verse 24 says, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Look what they did, verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. Brothers and sisters, here's the bottom line. God hates lying. He hates it. In Proverbs chapter six, look what he hates. Talks about this naughty person that sows discord. Verse 15 says, therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken and without remedy. Hmm. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. And then the second one on the list is a lying tongue. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. God hates it. He hates a lying tongue. He hates a false witness that speaketh lies. Proverbs 12:22. lying lips are abomination to the Lord. God hates lying, why does he hate lying? Well have you ever read Isaiah 14? Have you ever read Genesis chapter three? Lying is what destroyed his son. God created Adam from the dust of the ground. You Read the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ and, you, and the Bible calls Adam the son of God. He breathes into his body his life, the breath of life into his nostrils. Adam becomes, he's born a living soul, son of God, and Satan killed him with a lie. See, lying puts you in league with the devil. Jesus said as much in John chapter eight, verse 44, year of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So here it is, 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. is Antichrist. This is why liars join the devil in hell in eternity future. Revelation chapter 21, verse 6 says, The fearful... He that, verse seven says, he that overcometh will inherit all things, but here it is, verse eight. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, it's a really ugly list, isn't it? And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So you can, you can run on for a long time. But first up, great God, let me tell you the news, right? My head got wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee talking to the man from Galilee. Then my God spoke and he sounded so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of the angel's feet. Then he put one hand upon my head. Great God Almighty, let me tell you what he said. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go tell that midnight rider. Tell the gambler, the rambler, the backbiter. Tell him God Almighty is gonna cut him down. Beloved, brothers and sisters in Christ, that's not you. Lying is what lost people do, and it's part of the sin that separates them from from a God who loves them. He gave his life for them. That's not you. You're not, you're, you're, you're born again. You're a child of God. That may be who you were in the flesh before Christ, but it's not who you are in Christ. So here it is, Colossians chapter three, verse eight, because you're a believer, but now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds. That's who you were in the flesh. It's not who you are in Christ. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Lying in the Bible is a very big topic, and so next time uh, we get to the top, uh, next time we get together here, we're gonna look at some of the derivatives of lying. Okay, and then we'll have a positive admonition. If it's, you know, thou shalt not lie, what would commandment number two be? Thou shalt speak the truth in love, right? So just get a little heads up on where we're going. We're gonna dismiss here in just a moment. I'd ask the worship team to come and we're gonna close out in praise and worship. If tonight, You need to put a stake down and say, Lord, a lot lies too easily. Slip from my lips and I'm done with that today. Uh, Put a stake down. Ask another brother or sister in Christ to pray for you. If you want one of the pastors or elders to pray for you, uh, come forward, we're happy to pray with you. Uh, While we're singing, while we're giving praise, I also want to invite you down to own one or more of these I mean, this church is invested all over the globe now. And the only way that this work gets done is if every member owns the Great Commission for themselves. So at a minimum, what are the trips that that God's leading you to keep, I mean, for you to be faithful in lifting those trips up in prayer. Uh, The people that we're ministering to, that you're lifting them up in prayer. The missionaries that we're supporting, that you're lifting them up in prayer. Just sign your name. Maybe the Lord would have you to give to make that trip possible and then you can designate to that trip and you're giving, okay? Whatever decision it is, if God, I mean, every this is Midtown Baptist Temple. Every member of Midtown Baptist Temple, brothers and sisters, don't be lazy. Don't be dead weight. Help us move missions forward. Own this great commission with us. Every member, find the trip that that, that God would have you to support uh, for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to worship. We're going to praise. You come. You consider these trips. If you need prayer, just come get on your knees on the front row. Uh, We'll pray for you. But man, I love you. God bless you. Don't lie.